I'm talking with the vocalist of Brave New World, and his name is Chris, and he has probably the best mustache I've ever seen. Make sure you follow We Are Brave New World. They've also been putting up some uh, covers as well. Looks like they're also really active on TikTok, which I realize is the wave of the future for you kids. So enjoy my chat with Chris. Hey, how's it going? Hey, man. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Well, my name is Jameson. Thanks for... Uh, nice to meet you, Jameson. You too. Where are you uh, at today? Where do you guys call home? Uh, Pensacola, Florida. Oh, not too shabby down there. Well, no. especially after this weekend. Yeah, true. <laughs> is it pandemonium after the uh, the Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, for the most part, it's it's usually pandemonium down there because you know, like you're kind of you're hoping that everyone follows mask regulations, but they go out the window and everybody gets drunk, and it's really stressful. Right, and I'm sure you know Florida, of course, has become the butt of a lot of jokes for that type of stuff. Oh sadly. yeah. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure it was something. Well, dude, that uh, that Blossom EP is fantastic. Bro, thank you so much. You've been getting pretty good feedback on it? Uh, for the most part, it's it's been really good, and, and we're soaked on it. It's nice to to put so much effort into something and to have it come back, uh, you know, like tenfold. Um, and and it, it means a lot, I think, just because all these songs were so personal, to have people go like, hey, this is something I can relate to. So yeah. it's, it's a good one. Yeah. I mean, let's let's start with that heavy stuff. I mean, writing about anything personal i'm sure has got to be tough but you know mental health stuff it's there's a couple things i kind of want to get into there it's something that thankfully has been talked about more and more in music and especially in heavy music but any did you have any sort of hesitancy there getting too personal like was that is that ever a scary thing for you at all oh yeah for sure (laughs) um i mean i mean like that i think that was probably the biggest thing leading up to the writing process was trying to to justify to myself that you know like this was valid and this was something that people would even want to hear about or even something mm. that i was talking about it you know mm-hmm. um because it, it's it's all well and good to say like well i'm gonna write an album that's about what i'm going through you know and then you really start talking about yourself and, and it, it's an uncomfortable process at first but i'm glad i did you know yeah was there anything that where you kind of hit a roadblock and said i don't know if this is a thing i want out forever um i i i won't say that but i think there were definitely some times in in the like recording process when we were finalizing the album I, i'm i'm really bad with cutting material <laughs> like we'll, we'll get like 85 percent with something i'm just like ah, i don't feel it you know and if, yeah. it, if it really doesn't pop out and doesn't feel like it belongs it generally gets cut and i think there were a couple of times during the recording process where we had some tracks that just weren't really vibing and mm-hmm. and we had to you know kind of go back to square one and rewrite them really quickly but i'm glad we did because it, it kind of stuck with the the overall tone and made it feel better i think emotionally though there were definitely some points where you know just like looking at looking at the content of the lyrics and what we were going to be doing mm-hmm. um where where i had a lot of second thoughts like you know continuously almost just like is this is this you know it it, it almost feels corny when you're writing about yourself you know mm-hmm. you're trying to be as sincere as possible but you're like is this is this really heartfelt or is it posturing you know yeah and you're kind of stuck between these two things. You're writing about something really personal and really heavy and, and, and dark. And yet there's this business side of things where you're also, you also have a deadline. You can't yeah. hang out in the studio, you know, as long as yeah. you want. And I've heard bands talk about how, you know, okay, we got to our last song. We finally got to, you know, write and record that. And we figured, oh, this is the start of the album, actually. We got to scrap everything we did before. So, yeah, yeah that's got to be a tough balance to be like, no, like, 
second guess yourself and say like, no, it is good, but that's really maybe the deadline creeping in instead. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, you have like you have to have that though. I think you have to have the courage to look at, at your product outside of yourself as a band and like as a as a listener and as a critic and say like, is this the best that we can do, or mm-hmm. are we just putting something to fill a slot? And going into this project, we you know like we really harped on the idea that you know like no matter how many songs we have like if it's five if it's if it's you know like less than that i want every song to feel like it's a banger in its own right like no yeah. filler songs you know so I, that was something that i think really took hold and and sticks today throughout the writing process like we're in the middle of writing album two we actually have that later today and um like going up to it there's a there's a track right now that everybody's really stoked on and i'm just like oh i think we may need to work on it. like no oh, please no. <laughs> like the, dreaded, the dreaded cut hammer but yeah. you know like i i think it's valid I, I think it's good to to look at yourself that way do you think you're out of everyone in the band the hardest on the songs then or are you the one that's gonna oh, yeah. cut it first oh yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible to work with and, and it's not that it's not that I, i'm really overly critical it's just if there's anything that can be like an iota better like i want to examine that if we have the time you know because i I think a lot of times people get get comfortable in that writing space you know Mm -hmm. you get in this little bubble of ideas where everything starts to sound good because you're like oh yeah that riff is really good we should put that in the song um and and before you know it you just have this big overblown like piece that doesn't make sense to anybody but other musicians and you've effectively Mm -hmm. you know like created something for uh for other creators to look at but if the average consumer is going to look at it and just go like, ah, okay, yeah. cool. I think, you know, yeah. um, so, so being able to like streamline that is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like to the misery of a lot of <laughs> people <laughs> I've worked with, like I'm, I'm like, I, and it takes time for me to kind of grow on something, you know? So they'll be like, mm-hmm. is this good? And I'm like, yeah, I think it works. And then I'll, I'll take it for a day and come back. And I'm like, so I don't know. And they're like, no, I think it's great. I think it's really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're like, sorry, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I feel bad too, because I know like going into it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to tell them like walking out of the, the vocal booth with the producer to tell them that we were going to have to cut a track and rewrite a track. Like I was like, so <laughs> you feel how's like, everybody doing? <laughs> you feel like the guys are in the background just kind of like, we could get, we could get a new singer. Maybe, maybe yeah, like, I, you know, I think, <laughs> I think it's worth it. <laughs> well, yeah. And you kind of, you had this quote in the, uh, the press release that I got too about, with these songs and and covering mental illness in general, but kind of coming out stronger the other side, obviously that being the goal, uh, you know, with anything like this. But at what point is it when the album's done? Is it when you get the feedback from fans like, hey, this really helped me? At what point do you sort of feel that like fulfillment of like, I got it right with this message? I think I think it was a a few of the messages that we got from people like we we got a lot of of personal messages this time around, which normally, you know, you'll get you'll get your friends on, on comments and, and mm-hmm. even, you know, like fans on comments like, Oh, this is good. You know, but having somebody, you know, like personally message you and say, Hey, I've been going through a lot lately. And I feel that this is a perfect reflection of how I'm feeling. Mm. So thank you for writing that because that means a lot to me, you know, like that's something that had never happened to me before. So, so having that kind of feedback is, is immense, you know, especially yeah. as, as someone who's a creative, because you spend a lot of time on your art and you, you think, you spend, in my opinion, you spend a lot of that time thinking that you're largely creating things that you're only going to ever hear, you mm-hmm. know, that are only going to be really important to you. Um, and so having that kind of response from other people as opposed to the just the like, oh, this is good, you know, yeah. um, it's been really, really nice. What have fans been saying? I don't know if you have any specific examples, but do you um, get sort of stories from fans? Yeah, yeah. I have, uh, I have one fan, Ashley who uh she and her wife have been really big fans of the band um 
and she messaged me about hiding season and how it was like her own her own personal favorite song and how mm-hmm. um she had related a lot to to just wanting to like self-isolate and not being able to deal with um with a lot of the uh the the stress from from just the change of environment in the past year you know it's it's been yeah. really hard to relate and talk to people so so that um she's messaged me again she's like hey we were all in, in the car listening to the album and you know my daughter is fascinated by it and wants to like learn about writing lyrics and and that was really cool um i had another guy that messaged me um saying you know that he was dealing with a lot and hadn't been able to talk to anybody about it and was considering going to therapy and that uh you know like listening to the album was a tipping point for him so that was immense too you know yeah. like um and just that kind of feedback you know like you never really expect people to relate to your music on that kind of level you yeah, know that's huge and that's does that play into i always, I always tend to think not being in a band or putting out anything like that myself but I always think you hear those types of stories and then when you go to write the next record or the next song, having those in your head, does yeah. that it positive oh, yeah. or negative kind of mess with you it's, a little bit? I'd say it's it's kind of both. It's because you, you reach that point where, where everything's out and you can listen to the album as a whole and you can really critique yourself. And and I think I was able to do that this time and say, so like, you know, we did a good job. We did a good EP. And and that's kind of the best and worst thing about writing because the second that you say that you immediately have to top everything you did if you're going to go further because otherwise you're just stagnant and and staying in the same place and Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a healthy way to approach music so yeah it's it's a blessing and a curse because i love the fact that we've got this response but additionally we're going to have to work a million times harder to make a better album but i'm excited about that like I think writing is probably my favorite part about the entire process. Like continually pushing yourself to a higher bar is something that fascinates me with music and art. So, uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, like it, it definitely plays into it. There's a lot of pressure, but I love having that pressure. Yeah. I think that's something I found a lot of value in the last couple of years, just even trying to write books and, and podcasts and all that is like, go ahead and paint yourself in a corner and, and yeah. See, yeah, just say, say yes and figure it out later. And that's usually when the best stuff, you know, tends to happen. Oh um, yeah. As far as lyric writing, I, you know, we were talking, or I was saying earlier that it's, it is a well-worn topic, like in mental mm-hmm. health, let's say that just as a big umbrella, but uh, how do you maybe keep that personal while also not, while also keeping the lyrics, you know, fresh or new and not, you right. know, because it's well-worn, um, how do you do that? I, I have such an odd approach to my lyrics. Like I, I really think about the wordplay and the, the imagery that's going to go on, you know, like I, I think. Uh, sometimes I, I have to kind of like pull my lyrics back and, and try to try to it it sounds weird to say dumb them down but try to like uncomplicate them mm-hmm. you know because I'll, I'll try and like uh push myself into into artistic circles and corners that I, I don't think that i would normally approach if i were like hey let's just write a straightforward you know like song that that could be a hit and that could be a radio like i didn't going into that i, I didn't want to approach that lyrically like yeah. I, I wanted it to be as, as complicated as possible while still being accessible um and to do that you know like i've always been influenced by you know jazz uh, jazz vocalists and and a lot of uh, a lot of grunge from the 90s era too like i was always fascinated with the ability to like really fry out a vocal and then go into something that, that was big and and open and still had tone and, and its shape you know so yeah. so having having the ability to to kind of combine that 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 really harsh rawness with with a lot of uh smooth bends and uh and runs i I think was was an approach that i tried and and it it seemed to work really well who would be a a 90s example of that like i thought of uh like soundgarden maybe 
Uh, yeah, Soundgarden. Um, I, I was always, I like ugly vocalists too, like vocalists with weird <laughs> phrasing. Like I've always been fascinated by Billy Corgan. Um, just because you listen, the, I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, what is that? You know, yeah. because you, you hear his vocal and it, it's not your idea of like what a, a a really approachable radio vocal would be no, but that song was everywhere it's like an alien and, really yeah exactly yeah. it's like an alien and i love that feel i love i love tracks that just kind of drop into your lap and you're like this is not something that i i should like but i love it and, and i want you know i try to encapsulate that as much as possible like mm -hmm. i want to have you know while, while i do like a lot of um a lot of like the higher range and like hitting good notes it's also really cool to go into into weird spaces and like kind of kind of crawl around in the lower uh ranges of your vocal to see mm -hmm. what you can come up with yeah that's awesome um the song itself blossom uh seems to be about failure and growth mainly i mm -hmm. i've gone back and forth on this idea i had um josh from uh 68 you know the chariot josh scoggin had him on mm -hmm. a while back and we talked a ton about failure and how he's like that's just it's not really in our vocabulary like i just don't really believe in it and i was like that's so right. cool like i want to adopt that uh, but I go back and forth. I'm like, no, like you kind of have to also be okay with it. You have to kind of explore it a little bit. So as far as what you talk about with Blossom, what, how do you view failure? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it like, I just don't even let it in? I think, I think it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think failure is, is always something that you're going to have to, to be okay with, even if, even if you don't accept it, you know, like, even if you're like, well, it's, it's not something that we're going to focus on. We're going to totally focus on moving past that. And mm -hmm. we're going to, to thus spur ourselves on to greater heights. Um, I think you have to be okay with the fact that not everything you're going to do is perfect. And sometimes you're going to do things that don't pan out and that, you know, like aren't your best work. And, and when that happens, you know, I, I think it takes an immense amount of courage to look at that and say like, okay, we, we failed, but how can we move past that? That's always the thing that I'm interested in. Like mm -hmm. I've always been interested in like, not necessarily looking at failure as failure, but as, as a teachable moment, you know, like, mm -hmm. what did I learn from that? You know, like how did I, I definitely, you know, handled it poorly, but how can I grow past it? And I think that was kind of, kind of an idea with Blossom because I think at least when I was younger, like I had this fascination with, with pushing limits and with, um, with with just not i don't know it's just really reckless you know like mm -hmm. I, I i partied really hard with a lot of my friends and it, it was just because like i guess you get that feeling of invincibility mm -hmm. uh, to where you can you can just explore things boundlessly and you don't really have to worry about the consequences but then watching watching people that that you do that with like grow old or, or die or you know like have have consequences from their their actions like really starts to make you analyze your own failures and how you can either you know like let that define you or, or decide that it's going to be something that shapes you in a different way and in a more yeah. positive. Way. So yeah. I think, I think, I think like, it's not so much failure is, is, you know, um, not so much failure is like a negative, but more so like a necessary thing. Like, just like when you have to grow new things and you have to burn whatever you're growing to the ground to do it, you know, mm -hmm. like sometimes you, you have to start from, from like a, a scorched earth perspective. And I yeah. think failure is important for that. Like it's important to humble yourself you know like people need to be humbled and failure is there to teach you yeah i yeah i would agree it's become more of a necessary thing and and i think just to reframe your mind of this isn't uh you know by definition i guess we're just told it's depressing we're told this yeah. is a major setback you got to regroup you know it's going to take time um you can't bounce right back from it i think i think we're kind of just told a lot of the wrong things yeah. about it maybe i don't know maybe we need to see it in a different degree 
Exactly. It's framed poorly. It really is because we're, I think, especially for a lot of us, like growing up in the, in the late eighties and, and early nineties, you know, like we were kind of that generation where everybody pushed us to, you know, like it was okay to not be the best, but you always had to try your best. You're like, try your best, go get it. You know, like go, it's, it's not okay to, to do what you want. Like you have to go to a better college. Like there was always this like strive to do more because you, you know, like everyone else was expected to go to greater heights. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that that really negatively affected a lot of people's psyches because we have this fear of not being good at things. And that's so unhealthy. Like, I, I think you should, you should never have a fear of trying things. Like you should always be okay with the fact that like, this is probably going to suck, but I want to do it because if I don't do it, I'm never going to have that experience. Yep. Yeah. I definitely get into that tangle of like, if I'm not going to be good at it right away, why would I even try it? And it's, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, overall. And I mean, you've touched on this a lot, but overall, what do you want fans to walk away with from hearing the CP? Um, I, I think, that's a broad question. <laughs> I think I, I just because personal experience is so varied between uh, listener to listener. But I know that that growing up, there were certain albums that I listened to. And have, have you ever, you know, that feeling you get when you listen to an album from front to back and, and you just kind of have to pause for a second and absorb what you just mm-hmm. heard? Yeah. I, I like I. If that happens, then I've done my job right. You know, mm. if there are people that, that were like, wow, that was that was really moving and that was something that, that I could that's gonna shape me for a while. That that's important. And if I haven't done that on this EP, then I'm definitely trying to do it on the next album. <laughs> yeah. You know? What were I, I'm always curious, what are some of those albums for you? Oh man. Um The first time I think the first time that I heard uh Glassjaw's Worship and Tribute. Mm. Um, just because like Daryl Palumbo's vocal attack is insane. Like yeah. he, the, the way that he approached, um, like his vocal range was so phenomenal to me because I'd never heard anybody that, that went in so many different directions simultaneously. You know, like you'll have, you'll have like violent fries into, into like really smooth, uh, jazz approaches. And then, you know, like completely atonal, just like barks, you know? So mm-hmm. it was that, I think that was something that, that I've, I kind of sat back after listening to that album and and thought, you know, like I'm going to have to come back to this and and absorb it because I I really don't think I got enough of it on the first pass. That and like uh, the Mars Volta's Delouse in the Comatorium was Mm, another album. Their first one. Bro, I I burned that album out, like listening to it over and over (laughs) and over, like trying to find like all the little nuances of it. Um, And then like back to 90s albums, I think like early, 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 like the first time that one of my older cousins let me borrow Nevermind. Mm, um yeah just the the pop structure with with some of like the heavier driving parts was was always super fascinating to me and Kurt Cobain was a really cool vocalist I don't think people focus on that enough like his, oh yeah the, the fact that like all of all of the shouting that he does is in key the whole time and, and how hard that is to do was was something that always fascinated me yeah and I think with uh with Glassjaw I remember th- remember getting in them a little bit and then it was right as he was getting into like head automatica though and thinking like, oh, like I would have never guessed this vocal would, yeah, go, would right? do this. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Um, well, and with this, uh, what quarantine? What have you been doing? That's have you taken up any new hobbies? Watching any shows that you're um, real stoked on? I've, I used to. I would say probably before the winter, I was running a lot um, because I've been trying to really focus on fitness this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, like, as I get older, I, I'm continually reminded that as technology advances like being a good singer is not enough you know like like being a good vocalist is not not enough 
these days. So I, I kind of like push myself physically to, to make that matter more, you know, yeah. like I, I want the live performances to stand out as much as possible when they come back. So I've been, I've been working out a lot. Um, I play a lot of D and D with the band nice. that that's become something that has, uh, has really, really taken over some of the spare time when we're not working on, on music, which is almost continuously. We have like one night a week that, um, the Cameron, both of the Camerons, the drummer, the bass player, uh, Cameron's fiance, and then uh, another couple of our friends come over and, and we play that every week. So that's been really fun. Um, as far as as far as other other things that that we've done creatively, we're working on. There's a there's a series they do on Instagram right now called Catching Up With, where we'll talk to uh, to different bands, literally doing what we're doing right now and just talking about you know like mm-hmm. what's been going on during the pandemic and how they've been staying on top of it. Um, and I found some some like fascinating insight from that, just like listening to uh, to other people's strategies and how they're getting around it mostly we're staying active like we're trying to keep our socials active and trying to trying to work on filming a lot of content Mm -hmm. so that uh we can keep things rolling because we've got you know we've got a i I know we've got a couple of singles lined up to be released before we even hit the studio again hopefully um there's just a there's a lot on the books for for 2021 and and we we wanted to be in the in the best shape possible to meet the the physical and, and yeah a mental demand of it so there's been a lot of prep for that can you plan tour wise at all right now can you project no, no, yeah still no. not we yeah. we've we just we had so many shows that we ended up canceling last year and we would love to book shows like there are a lot of venues that like i know uh gaza gaza in new orleans is under new management mm-hmm. which or new ownership i believe i saw and that looks fantastic that um i've always been fascinated with playing that venue and we never got a chance so it would be amazing this year to play but also like I feel really bad booking on a, on any kind of local level right now. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bands in our area that are kind of pushing for that. And, and it's not really a sentiment that I can, I can synergize with just because yeah. it just seems kind of selfish. Like as much as I love music and I, and I, I hate, I hate to see small venues, you know, like struggle. I would be much more interested in seeing like local bands, like, Hey, let's throw, let's throw a streaming event so that we can, you know, support our venues that way, you yeah. know, and like set it, you know, or, or it, it just, I don't know. I, I don't see, I see there's like too many, too many ways for it to be unsafe, for it to be worth, you know, like risking your fans' health or even your health, you know? So like, mm. I, I would love to see some shows. I really want to book some shows by the end of the year and we're anxiously watching things, but right now it's still kind of up in the air. Yeah. Oh, yep. Everyone's ready for it to be over. I, when yeah. I hit the one year mark of not going to a show, I was like, that's probably the first time since I was, you know, 17 yep. that yep. it had gone yeah. that long. That was a really sobering night. I remember thinking like when I hit that, that one, like the, the benchmark for the last show, like, like a year from not playing an event. Hey buddy, how are you? <laughs> the, just the, sorry, that really threw me off. Nothing like a great Dane in the face. Hey bud. <laughs> um, no, but just, just realizing like, wow, I haven't, I haven't really done an event in a year. And, yeah. and that's like a foreign idea. Cause usually it's like every weekend you have something coming up and you're trying to, you know, like plan around that. So yeah. Yeah, man, I'm ready for it to come back. <laughs> yeah, <it's your laughs> like, so stop booking, stop booking small local shows so we can yeah. do it. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for your time. I, I had, yeah, man, thank you. I had known your guys' name a little bit here and there, but uh, big picture, Becky is the best publicist in the world. So fantastic. Yeah, she always knows exactly what to send me. So it was cool getting to take a deep dive. And the EP, yeah, the EP is great. So brother, thank you so much. It was a, it was a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. We well, hope you have a good rest of your day. Enjoy the studio. Yeah, man. All right, hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, the band is Brave New World. Their new EP, Blossom, is out now. Please check it out. 
it's awesome. Again, follow at We Are Brave New World. Check out their TikTok as well. Oh, so good. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow at Godspeed Podcast if you like. And uh, news on my book is coming really soon, probably on an upcoming episode. So thank you guys for being patient on that. And thanks for listening. I'm not waiting for you.